Hey, security peeps, we are live with another edition of Breaking Into Cybersecurity. I am Renee Small, cybersecurity super recruiter, demystifying cybersecurity careers for the month of October, which is Cybersecurity Awareness Month. And I am here with the wonderful, the amazing Maddie Pat. Say hi to everybody, Maddie. Hi, hi everybody, and hi Renee. Thanks for having me on today. Absolutely. So, Maddie, you are amazing in all these different ways. Um, you co-founded Women in Technology at Cap One. You come from a software engineering background, and then you know now you're in this security space. What made you co-found this chapter of Women in Technology? Um, kick us, kick us off with that. What made you start that? Yeah. So, um, women in technology, it sounds so great. Um, I wanted to go a little bit back in how I kind of started off my career as a software engineer. So software engineer working in the Bay area. Um, I was probably the only female software engineer either on my team or just female engineer um, at all. So I, you know, didn't really get this opportunity to meet other women in technology. So I kind of, I've always wanted it, but I didn't always have it. So um, I was working um, about five years ago um, and it started off with kind of me being hungry. I can't remember if it was breakfast or if it was lunch, but I was working and I was on my way to the cafeteria and I saw this giant sign and it said, McLean, Women in Technology Kickoff event. And I was like, what is this? What is Women in Technology? Like, I, I'm a woman in technology. Like, what is this? I have to learn more about this. So I saw a date. I saw a time, a location, and also a contact. Um, so I, I I think I wrote it all down. I think I ate my, my breakfast, my lunch, whatever it was. And immediately when I got back to my desk, um, I emailed the contact and I was like, how can I get involved? I, I am so interested. And um, they're like, hey, you noticed, uh, I noticed in your email, you said you were a software engineer. Would you be willing to create a sign-in app for our kickoff event that we're having? Um, she's like, it's in a week. And I was like, yes, um, I'll do that. So I actually started, um, the first thing I did was create that um, application um, and I built it. Everyone came in, registered using my app, and I attended the kickoff myself. And it was so amazing just having our, a first kind of session before, you know, McLean Women in Technology was officially founded for the McLean chapter. Um, and there was a panel of all women executives that were VP plus. This is the first time I'm, I'm meeting these women. I, I knew they existed, but I, I didn't know their names. I, I hadn't met them, especially being, you know, just associate software engineer. I, I didn't really have the opportunity to meet these women and to hear from them. So with all of that and the panel, they started talking about this leaky tech pipeline. And, and, I, and I knew that girls and boys had an equal interest in STEM in middle school, but I didn't really know how, you know, it kind of diminished over time as women, you know, entered high school and college and their careers. I just, I didn't, I, I was not aware of this and, and how, how bad it's gotten. So this event was kind of just eye opening for me. And after this event, I, I talked back to the contact. I'm like, we, we've, we've got to make this really big. We've got to make this really strong. So 
I offered to take um, the communications lead for this chapter and I've done so much with that and also I've gotten very involved in the networking and engagement group too so this led to certain kind of events like the new hire breakfast that um, I'll give a shout out to Serena and Kritika that helped me build that and it was just an opportunity for women um, at different titles in different places at their career different ages to all get together and have some coffee have some breakfast and just get a chance to actually network and, and meet each other because we know we exist but we don't always see each other day to day and it was just such a great opportunity um, this all of this wonderful work that I've done with McLean Women in Technology has also led to creating um, a women in cyber group as well at my company. So um, I'm one of the co-founders of Women in Cyber as well. Um, so, so much work has really gone into, you know, making McLean Women in Technology and also Women in Cyber. I love it. So, so, so excited to talk to you about it. And it's amazing. I mean, some of the things that you talked about being, you know, again, and it, it comes up, it's been coming up daily as we've talked to people, volunteering, right? So you see this women in cyber, women in tech, um, you see it out there. You're like, oh, what is that? I want to get in. And then immediately they say, hey, can you create this? You know, you're a software engineer, you know, put your skills to work. And so that volunteering aspect, so you jumped in, you said yes, became part of the, you know, the on the ground. And this is five years ago. And look at how far you've taken it and, you know, your colleagues and then how far you've come today so far. So I just, you know, when I saw some of the work that you've been doing, I've been paying attention to you on LinkedIn. I mean, it's absolutely amazing. So I just want to shout some people out. Ben is here. He's here all the time. Hey, Ben. Um, Danielle says good morning. And she morning. says women in technology. Heart, heart, heart. Yep. We yeah. love, we love women in technology. Um, and then... Norma already has a question. What process Ooh. do I need to go through to enter into cybersecurity, please? Ooh, so I can definitely talk about my career and how I got into cybersecurity. Would that, do you think that would be helpful for, for Norma? I, yeah, abs absolutely. Because you know why? And um, Nora, we, te we tend to, and I think Norma's been here a number of times, like we give we give each of your experiences, meaning the, the person who is on the podcast, so that people can see the different paths and take whatever path they think is best for them. So we definitely, you know, um, we know that there's multiple pathways and not just it's just not one just one path because you come from a software development background. So, you know, your path is going to be different. I don't know what, um, you know. Nora has an MBA. She's SHRM. That means I know that's the Society of Human Resources Management. So definitely probably has like some HR background too. So it's likely going to be a different path, but definitely, Maddie, we want to get in and um, hear more about your path into, you know, from software engineer where you were and now into um, the division that you're in over at um, Cap One. Yeah, so let me talk a little bit about my career and my journey. So cool. I came into cybersecurity kind of through the software engineering route. So I I went to college, I studied, I got my computer science degree 
Sonoma State University. And I, I've been working in the industry in different fields. I've been working in aerospace, did some work for a brewery. Um, and the big one that I really wanted to talk about is satellite telecommunications before I went into the financial industry. So satellite telecommunications, this was kind of my first real start into learning all about networking. So with Sally Telecommunications, it was you know um, a, a company that was in the Bay Area, so I could easily drive to it. But there is where I did a lot of work with the NOC, which is the Network Operations Center. So I worked a lot with those engineers. I worked with a lot of field engineers learning how to uh, point a satellite dish. Um, and I did a lot of work, especially in the server room. So this gave me the opportunity to get hands-on, work with other engineers, and just kind of learn all about having a server room and server maintenance and just networking. So all of this work, I, I did a lot of work with installing servers. Um, I learned all about UPSs. I learned to have a jacket behind my chair in case I needed to run to the server room and restart a server. Uh, that was all with the, the, uh, the work that I did with the satellite telecommunications company. It was so great, such a wonderful learning experience. And I take all that knowledge in and I use it in a, in a daily way. But with that, I actually went to a conference um, and I met a lot of people. I went to different sessions, was on the floor, and I met some crazy smart people. And a lot of them were in cybersecurity. So I went from knowing no one in cybersecurity to meeting like 20, 30 people that were in cybersecurity. And they all invited me. They're like, let's let's talk more. Let's hang out. Let's, let's talk about some real cybersecurity problems. And I just I, I was interested. I thought it was really cool. I, I still didn't give like my full in into thinking about cybersecurity, but it was really the people that kind of drew me into the field. I, I, you know, being a software engineer, there's many different routes that you can take. And so meeting these people, I eventually was like, yeah, you know what? I want to work with people like this that are just very smart, that know everything about, you know, cloud networking, cloud engineering. And I wanted to be a part of it. So after completing a three hour coding interview and then an additional six back to back interviews, I found out I had the job and I was going to be working with these people that I had met. Um, so back to what drew me in. I would just say that people kind of drew me into cybersecurity. So I moved from the Bay Area to DC for this job and it changed my whole life. I was now working with a ton of people in cybersecurity. I was meeting um, security intelligence center analysts, so SIC analysts, also SIC a lot of time is also referred to SOC, so security operations center. So those kind of words are used all the time. So I was meeting a whole bunch of analysts. I was meeting all of these cyber engineers. It was fantastic. And six months after I had started, I actually met my now husband, who was also in cybersecurity. He was working as a contractor for the government. But so I just want to say my whole world went from I didn't know anyone in cybersecurity to now this huge network of people that were in cybersecurity. That is amazing. That's amazing. I want to know more about something you touched on that comes up here and it's come up a lot recently, which was um, the interviewing process. Mm -hmm. So 
you know, you went through six interviews, you said, for your analyst role? Um, yes. Yeah, so as a software engineer, so first I had to three hour, have a three hour coding session. I essentially had to prove that I can code. <laughs> I'm a good software engineer. They could give me like, it was, I think nine questions and it asked me, you know, some were easy, some were very difficult and it essentially challenged me and they were just different challenges. They wanted to see, you know, um, how I thought in my design and then also see, you know, what I can create for code in three hours. It was great. That's pretty awesome. So then after the three hour code. Um, so I passed that part after the three that part. Code, then I um, they flew me out and I had six back to back interviews. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So so they flew you in for the day. You had six back to back interviews and then obviously offered you the position and you're in there and you've been pretty much in the role ever since. Now, how did you get into cryptography, though? Like, that's so cool because she's in cryptography for everybody. And please explain to people. So, um, Maddie, for the month of October, we are demystifying careers um, in cybersecurity. So a lot of people are going to see this that are not typically in security. Mm -hmm. um, and the purpose is to really demystify it. So once we get started, I do want you to explain to people what cryptography is um, and what you do in it. But before we do that, Carlos says, hats off to women in technology who are cognitive in the sciences. Great show, Maddie. Maddie's awesome. Thanks, Carlos. <laughs> yes. So what is cryptography and um, what made you get in, you know, like segue around? Because I see you had a number, a number of roles within that past um, five years, within the past five years. Yeah. So I'll just say cryptography is kind of the science of making sure that information stays secure. And I would say that's mainly due to encryption, um, different encryption algorithms, using different keys, um, and also creating certificates as well. So I would say that's kind of the shorthand of explaining what that is. And I really want to go into how I got into cryptography or crypto services, as we call it. So when I had started originally in cybersecurity, I was working in cyber engineering, and then I had made my way over to being a sophomore engineer, still in cyber, but doing a lot of work for operations and intelligence. And so while I was at Sonoma State University getting my CS degree, one of the classes I actually took was cryptography and malware. So I kind of applied my, my malware knowledge to um, being in operations and intelligence. And I had a great time with that, learning about threats and discoveries and, and indicators of compromise. I learned so much being in that and it was so great. And after a while, I wanted to go back into the engineering space and work on cyber machine learning because I just thought it would be really cool. I, I was very interested. I wanted to see you know, what kind of different services that we're using um, and just kind of learn that knowledge. So um, while I was in CyberML, I was doing a lot of work with using the language React, which is for building UIs, and also doing a lot of things in Java, so kind of building out the back end with Java. But overall, I didn't really feel like it was a great fit. Um, at the time, I was very passionate about DevOps work, and there was not a lot of work in DevOps specifically for that role in CyberML. I just wanted to do 
DevOps. I, I wanted to build out all of this great automation. And so one of the great things about working for such a large company was that I could transfer internally. Um, so, you know, for the crypto and malware class that I taught, that I took in college, I really wanted to focus more in on that crypto side. So what I did was I met with the engineering lead um, at my company and I was and I just sat down with him and I'm like, tell me everything that we have to know about like encryption, keys and PKI. So public key infrastructure um, certificates, both how do we handle them internally as well as externally. So we, we talked all about this for, for an hour, maybe more than an hour. Um, it was so great. I met with him. I met with all the leadership and they told me how there was a need for DevOps and for automation. Um, with crypto services. And I was just like, wow, this seems like such, such a great fit, you know? Um, and so I actually joined this team back in February of this year. Of course, a lot's happened this year. Um, but overall, this team has been a great fit, um, been doing some great work that are all high priority projects. They're all extremely highly visible to my leadership. Um, and my team is fantastic. We have a lot of diversity, inclusion and belonging on our team as well. And I make sure every day that we try to bring more and more of that great talent in. That is so super cool. Um, Danielle says here, cryptography is so cool. And she also asked, what's your favorite cri cryptography algorithm? Oh, um, it, it really depends um, on what I'm doing. Um, I, I really like elliptic curve algorithms because I can use them in mobile and they're super quick to generate and they're super complicated. I would say, but most people like what I see kind of day to day and what I see for certificates is I'm seeing a lot of like RSA, um, 256, like I'm seeing a ton of different algorithms used that way, but my, I love elliptic curves. So that's kind of my favorite. Cool. This is over my head, <laughs> <laughs> which I love. I mean, I love learning something new. I mean, just seeing your progression, seeing what you did, how you're bringing, helping to bring, um, women into the organization, helping you yourself moving throughout the organization. And I have to tell you, I kind of agree with Carlos when, when he talks about um, women in, in computer science. Well, he said the sciences, but women in computer science as a whole, um, getting into the security space, it's such a needed skill set. Um, because you all understand the code, you understand how it works, you did it, you were in it. So, you know, the DevOps piece, the DevSecOps, all of this, like it only opens like tons and tons and tons of doors for you when you have this type of background. So it's exciting. Like I'm excited to, I'm excited to see where you, where you are. Ooh, I almost. <laughs> oh. Can you hear me? Yep, we're good. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Excited to see where you end up um, in a few years. Super, super excited. So tell us about like, so, you, you know, you founded Women in Technology. You talk about some of the great panels and all the things that happen. How do you, um, how often is this, is this, you know, and this is the chapter 
in McLean, like how often do you um, do you guys have meetings? And you know, what types of volunteer opportunities, if people wanted to look at women in technology and other, you know, obviously yours is within your organization, but chapters outside of the organization, because I know a lot of folks here, what tends to happen is they want to get in, they're trying to, we give them, um, we give them um, tips and tricks. And part of that is always the volunteer aspect. So I, I want to just dig back into that because you were, you know, you got for, for all of us, that for people who just joined, we're on with Maddie Pett. Um, she's a software engineer in the cryptography services. It's, it's called crypto services. Yes, crypto services crypto services um, within her organization. She also helped founded Women in Technology chapter in her organization um, five years ago. So to Lincoln's point, Maddie's story is pretty impressive. I agree. I totally agree. Super impressive story. So really want to um, give people tips like when, when can they, how do they get access to women in technology? Can they just go and volunteer somewhere? Like, Yeah, so there are so many great resources right now, especially for women in technology. So internally, um, we meet, I, I'm part of, of the leadership, so we meet about once a week, but there's individual um, committees that we have as well that are responsible for different types of events. But externally, there is actually a larger women in technology group that you can join. Um, there is an annual membership, but you are included to some of some great events. Um, you're going to be hearing from speakers from all over different companies, different places in the world. It's actually fantastic. There's also um, a women in cybersecurity group as well that is, again, external, just like women in tech. It, it's external. And I know that they even have um, a yearly conference that women can attend and women and allies can attend. And it's fantastic. And there's some great data there. Um, in case you are more of the software engineering route like me, so you can attend those as well, but there's also Women Who Code that I believe is a great organization to try to you know, either help you get into coding or if you already do code, you can attend you know, those sessions and those seminars and it's so great. And the last little bit that I do want to include is I wanna talk about um, Girls Who Code and talk about the organization um, if you have young girls at home and they, you know, are interested in STEM, get them involved with Girls Who Code. Get them, get them involved with coding just to learn, you know, another part of STEM. I would say, you know, those are kind of my my main um, groups that I would recommend to all of you out there. That's such cool. That's that's really good advice. So many people that they, you know, don't know where to begin don't know where to join. So Girls Who Code, awesome, because that's from, you know, a really young age. And then moving into, if you're at an organization level or you're doing something else, like maybe some of the folks that are here that are in adjacent careers or they're not yet, you know, at the point where they're looking to break into the industry, kind of like what Nora was saying earlier. Um, all of those are the, the, the tips that, and the volunteer opportunities that Maddie would recommend. So Oni wants to know, they're getting real technical on you today. Ah. <laughs> and Oni wants to know, how do you handle the slower speed that comes with asymmetric encryption? 
So I would say that we have a lot of processing and computing power with where I'm at right now. So there are some things are, there are symmetric and um, asymmetric um, algorithms that are out there. Um, I would say we have a lot of computing power. So handling the slower speed, it's all about waiting and trying to ingest data in real time. So I feel, I wish I could like answer more deeply, but we just have these computing resources that we have that kind of handle all of that for us. Awesome. Danielle says, my daughter's into robotics at 12 years old. I'm looking for her too. Yes. Yes. That's so awesome, Danielle. Yeah, we, we need, I mean, I just got off a panel um, uniting women in cyber an hour ago, less than an hour ago, oh, nine to 10. Um, and we talked about this exact topic, you know, getting girls in, getting, you know, just diversity of thought. It was a diversity and inclusion and, um, you know, getting girls in at a young age and trying to figure out how we can get just people in general more aware of STEM, more interested in STEM, more educated in STEM at such a young age in the United States versus they were, there were some statistics about United States, um, the women in the United States versus in some other countries where the other countries, um, other what, what considered third world countries have like 40 to 50% women in STEM versus here, which I believe the stat was, but please don't quote me, something like 4%. Um, so yes, you know, getting them in Danielle when they're like super young, middle school, perfect time to do this. Yeah. And again, that goes back to the leaky pipeline, the leaky tech pipeline, making sure that girls have an equal interest in STEM, you know, throughout, you know, their whole career. So again, middle school, it's equal, but then when it starts to get high school, it gets a little smaller. When it gets to college, it's even smaller. So just making sure that they're engaged and that they find, you know, all of this just so interesting and fun. Why do you think that is, Maddie, that it starts to, you know, when they're middle school, it's great. And then as they get up into high school and college, um, that it gets leakier and leakier. I just think that they're not shown how fun it really can be. I think that they kind of see, you know, the hard math, the hard sciences, and they just kind of see it as maybe a little scary or very intense. And I think if we can show them that it can be really fun, really cool, that there's so many roles and, and ways to go in the career with that, I think give them that opportunity and let them learn and let them see. Yeah, I, I agree with you. So Roy says, very cool. I'd like to support as an ally. I spoke to high school students at a STEAM school yesterday and was asked about women in tech and IT. I would like to do more than encourage them to consider IT. So, um, Roy, love allies. We uh, need more allies like you out there. <laughs> totally, totally. Um, Ben says, being able to coach a robotics team has been such a great time. The girls on the team are just as, if not more, interested in activities than their teammates. And it's incredible to go to competitions and see the mix of genders. Makes me hopeful for the future. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I mean, we we talked about this and it, it's so fascinating, kind of interesting to me because my dad was a, my dad was a computer science professor. Um, it just never... It didn't seem when I was growing up that there was like, or I guess I didn't experience like the divergence, but clearly, <laughs> clearly there is. Um, but, you know, you don't see it when you're in it sometimes. It's just like, I have a bunch of brothers. 
my dad's a comp sci professor, of course, you know, like, and there was never this, you couldn't do it or you can't do it. It's like, I can do just as, like, why couldn't I do it? Like, there was never even a second thought. So it's just so, so interesting. And the more I learn more about it, I'm just like, it's 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 unfortunate. But Ben, I'm with you. I think there is, a, it's, it's a ton of hope and it's not because... You know, I think it's more exposure and encouragement to what um, one of the panelists said this morning, Larry Whiteside, he said about the encouraging girls. Um, and then Nora wants to know, what's the smartest way to do subnetting and security and the best way to block hackers? Ah! <laughs> hey, Nora. So the smartest way to do subnetting is I believe if you are doing um, cloud computing, there's a lot of times there's this term of security groups. So I would say making sure that you have your security group set up and making sure that you're working on your networking, working with your VPCs um, in that way. So really just making sure that you set up your environment correctly, kind of using security best practices um, as you're building out your environments. And then the best way to block hackers, I would say the best way, um, the best way that you can do it uh, is just making sure that when you're getting those emails that you don't get fished. Uh, just making sure you don't click on those links, um, making sure if you do see a link, kind of move your mouse over it and just make sure that it's going to the correct place. You don't know how many times I have seen a link where it's it's referencing something, there's an I in it, and it's actually a Russian character of I that looks almost exactly the same, but it takes you to a completely different place. So I would say just don't click on those links. If you don't know that person, don't click on that link um, and just double check it. That's so key. I, um, I had a... I had a I, I was the cybersecurity expert for my, my one of my friends' podcasts recently. And I said the exact same thing. I was like, half of half of it is about social engineering and being fished, period. Yes. And so she's in marketing and she asked me, like, you know, because marketers send out so many emails, right? And you think about Black Friday and Cyber Monday coming up and all these emails are flying around. And you know, you see something from Amazon and you go and you get ready to click it and that's how we all get caught. So don't touch anything. <laughs> don't click on links. If you know you have to go there, I know it sounds horrible, but type it out to make sure there's no crazy, like embedded symbols in there. <laughs> 100%. That's exactly, that was my exact same advice. So look, awesome. the person says, you know, I'm, I'm on it. I'm right. I'm, I'm right. listening here. <laughs> This is so good. So Maddie, we're at the 30 minute mark. I just want to thank you so, so much for being here with us today. I mean, I think this week, I feel like we've had some just phenomenal cyber women on. Um, you are doing such amazing things in the community, you know, helping to build your chapter, bringing more people in. It's just absolutely amazing. And I just want to commend you for the work that you're doing. And thank you for being here talking to us today. Um, and you got to come back in, a, in like next year and tell us what you're up to because you are just, <laughs> you're, you're the Energizer bunny. You're just going. So I cannot wait to see where you are and you know how you progress in your career for sure. Thank you. And thank you, Renee, for having me. And thank you all for all of you that are at home that um, took the time to listen and chime in, really appreciate it. Absolutely. I, I always say that too. Thank you to the, all the guests that come in because they have just awesome, awesome comments. Um, so totally 
Pat makes a comment. I mean, there's so many comments coming in. Thank you, Maddie. <laughs> Danielle. Uh, Patrick says, I have two daughters. Bet you can guess where they'll be put. I'll be pushing their academics. That's right. Start them early. Start them all early. So Maddie, everybody else, we will see you tomorrow. Another edition of Breaking Into Cybersecurity. We are going to have CISO Thursdays is back. So we're going to have um, James Azar and Naomi Buckwalter, and we're going to be back all together, chopping it up tomorrow morning, Thursday, um, and 29 days, three, I think three more days till the end of the month. Yeah, I've been, I've been at this for 31 day, almost 31 days straight. It is. Not so All right. Bye, everybody. Thank you for being here.